You obviously know Kung Fu. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Josh Maybe, the director of Immortal 65. Super stoked to be here. Hi, my name is Christian Howard. I'm a writer and star of Immortal 65 as Orson Randall. Happy to be here. And this is the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> Joining me today, filmmaker, pop culture fan, creator of the new Iron Fist fan film, Immortal 65, Josh Maybe of Rogue Origin Films. Josh, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast today. Thanks for having me, man. Super excited to be here. That's great to have you. It's great to have you. Congratulations on the release of Immortal 65. It, it looks awesome. The trailers were awesome when, when, when uh, you first announced it, but it's out there now for anybody to watch it. What's the response been from the audience? Uh, it's been overwhelmingly positive. It's been really cool to see fans gravitate towards it. And a lot of people have had some very, very flattering and nice things to say about it, uh, which is awesome. And it's also crazy. I didn't realize that there was such a rabid following for Iron Fist. I mean, you know, he's 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 not really a well-known Marvel character. So it's been super interesting. And, and I, obviously, if you know Marvel, you know, but but it's he's not he's not Iron Man or Spider-Man or, or you know, one of the, the A-level Marvel characters. And so it's that's kind of the biggest shock to me is is that such a a rabid appreciation uh, for, for 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 the character. And it's been cool. It's been very, very cool. Well, let, let me get into that then, because uh, he, he may not be one of those A-list characters for Marvel. But if you're like me and you were a, a fan of the kung fu films from the 70s and the 80s uh iron fist was front and center uh if you if you followed comics you know him and shang chi and, and that's a whole another uh, martial arts uh, hero there in the marvel universe but um iron fist was just super cool he looked cool he had that crazy costume and he had you know the the glowing face so if you were a fan of martial arts and you were a fan of comics Inevitably, Iron Fist was in your uh, was in your pull pile uh, every Wednesday. But um, how familiar were you though with the character? Because, uh, like you said, uh, he he's not up there among the most recognizable. So how did you get uh, familiar with Iron Fist? Totally. Yeah. You know, growing up, I was definitely a Spider-Man kid, Spider-Man, uh, X-Men, you know, like, like that, that, those were kind of my, my franchises when I was really young in the comics that I would read. Uh, and so Iron Fist was always on the peripheral. I always knew that he existed and, and uh, I'd read a few stories, but it never, I don't know what it was, never really pulled me in. Uh, and so, uh, it was actually, you know, Christian had like, uh, I don't remember, and I'll let him tell this story, uh, but he originally came up with this, the, like this story and he brought it to me. We were on the set for uh, Tokyo Ghoul, uh, a reanime film um, that, uh, you know, I was directing and he was there helping out. And, uh, you know, it was, he, we were chatting over lunch and we just got to talking. I thought he was there for a different project. Or I thought Ian brought him in and turns out he was just there because our other friend Gaku introduced him and like, you know, so, so he was there fortuitously. We got to talking and, uh, and he, he brought up this project that he had. And I, and I was like, yeah, sounds cool. Let's, let's meet and chat about it. And, um, and so we met and, uh, and he, he, he like pitched the idea and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Let me, let me do some research because I'm always a big fan of research and making sure that, uh, because the last thing you want, like, this is my favorite. So quick segue, side note, the last thing you want is something like this. We did a Cowboy Bebop adaptation. 
we couldn't afford the Jericho, uh, the Jericho guns for, because like they're, they're expensive props. So we just use some, some, like some other guns because everything we're doing is super low budget. Right. And fans are so rabid that they called that out. Like in the, like, Oh, he wasn't using the proper gun. I was like, Oh man, we really, these, these guys are, they're, they're, they're intense. They, we got to nail this thing 100%. Uh, so it's things like that that make me go, okay, cool. We've got to do the research. Uh, and, and so after sitting there with the man, the myth and the legend himself right there, Christian Howard, uh, <laughs> um, after sitting with him and, uh, and, 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 and him pitching this, I was like, oh, cool, let me do the research. So that's really when I did a deep dive into, uh, the character and who he was, what he was and, and what it was. Uh, it and I read my favorite story was the immortal iron fist story, which is where you get a little bit more, uh, backstory into who Orson Randall is. And, uh, and so that's when I kind of fell in love. I was like, Oh, this lore is awesome. Oh my God. This, this is, this is amazing characterization. And maybe they retconned a lot of stuff because they, they didn't want to get backlash for certain things, but it's not what you think it is. You know what I mean? It's not like Iron Fist is not the character who you think he is. And that, and, and once I did that deep dive and I, I kind of fell in love with the lore and whatnot, that's when Christian and I really sat down and, and, and it was like, cool, let's do this. If we're going to do it, let's, let's, let's do it right. And the other reason that it excited me is because, you know, he did choose to do Orson Randall and not Danny Rand because everything that, 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 that like we're trying to do with the channel is uh, I, like, I want to continue to push the boundaries of things. And I never want to do things that, that have been done before. Obviously that's, that, that's uh, you know what I mean there, right? Everything's been done before, but push the boundaries of what we're doing filmmaking wise, story wise, whatever it is, which is why Orson Randall was exciting because it, you know, Netflix had already done their thing and we're not trying to compete in that space. We wanted to do our own thing. And so that's, that's why I was like, Oh, this is something fresh. This is a new take. Let's do this. Uh, and with that being said, maybe Christian should uh, introduce himself and also tell, uh, do it, explain whether he knew about Iron Fist before or not. Yeah, the, it's it's interesting because uh, after I did the the Street Fighter show and I had the beautiful blonde uh, Ken hair, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of people that were like, "Oh, you know, that guy would make a good Iron Fist." And Danny Rand with the, you know with the blonde and the martial arts, and I, I sort of ran with that idea and was like, "Oh, that would be great," but. I didn't get a look into the the Netflix show that happened. And then I was actually talking with a buddy of mine, this guy, Jasper Jan, who uh, he actually suggested, oh, you, you know, you should do like a different version of Iron Fist. So, you know, the Danny Rand one, they've you know, already taken a stab at that. Uh, so we started looking into it and the Austin Randall character actually did really speak to uh, to me. And and I'm, I'm, I may go over a bunch of stuff Josh just said, I don't know, but uh yeah, it came off as more of a, an anti-hero. Like he was, he was a darker character. You know, he's got the guns. It was, it was a much more gritty sort of um, Punisher-esque uh, story, and, and and that really appealed to me because I, I don't like the squeaky clean too much. So, um, so yeah, that that really excited me. So he and I sort of came up with an idea we could do for something as a short, and that idea was actually floating around my head with no idea how I was going to do it for quite a long time, and then. Uh, I ended up coming on to work on uh, was Tokyo Ghoul with three anime. And that was the first time I met Josh and we just started Chang and we just started getting on like a house on fire, like a very similar background in martial arts and just the movies we like to watch and things like that. And, uh, and then I, I sort of pitched this idea uh, for an Iron Fist story. And, uh, and we sort of went from there and got very excited about what we could do with this. And, 
and thought, okay, this could actually happen if we if we kind of partner up and, and make this a reality. So yeah, that that Orson Randall character I thought hasn't been done before. So we'll be the you know the first ones bring that to light. I know there's there's a little a uh, little peek of it in the in the Netflix series, but it didn't really show you what the character was all about. It was a little hint of it. Uh, and I thought, okay, we can make this our own thing, really make it what we want to do with the character and showcase, like Jeff said, not, not a competition to what they're doing, but just like, okay, this would be a cool standalone Iron Fist story and really explore the lore of it as well. Because I think not a lot of people are familiar with like the previous Iron Fists. Uh, I think Josh probably mentioned the the Immortal Iron Fist uh, story where, you know, you go into the history of that. And that would be a great world to explore. We've just got all these different time periods and all these different skills and personalities that all have a different version of the Iron Fist. So, yeah, we were sort of opening the world up to that a little bit. And and I also like you know the fact that it's it's not modern day. We got to do something a little different with it. Yeah. So that was mainly where the idea came from. And uh, it was just something we could really make our own for the for the Iron Fist lore. You know, you guys uh, keep mentioning that it's, it's not a competition with Netflix. But for those of us who were critical of the Netflix effort, and I'm among them, there's inevitably a comparison that was made because uh, for a lot of us, the, the Netflix effort was was lacking uh, in, in a number of different ways. So when you guys uh, were putting this together, what was your big directive to separate this Iron Fist effort from the Netflix series? No comparison, really, because, the, you know, they're making a full series. You know, they have they have some resources that we don't have. And uh, what we wanted to show was was our own version of what was going on. Obviously, we don't have the means to make it a huge thing um, and also the rights either. So it was it was a case of like, let's do something that we and not trying to step on any toes with, you know, that was another reason why to choose a, a different version of the character that hadn't been explored before. And then we can, we can sort of do something and maybe get on the radar and just say like, Hey, like we, we love this character. We love this world. And, you know, for our version, this is sort of what would be going on. I mean, the Danny Rand version is you know, very clean martial arts. And, uh, you know, I myself was not, blown away by by the series um and so it was like well what i would love to see in an iron fist character uh so that's basically what we were trying to explore with it um josh would you agree <laughs> yeah totally i mean and, and, the, and the thing is is like it's a, it's a challenging thing right like like no matter what here's what i can say here's what i can tell you no matter how cool you think this project is we had so much stuff that would have made it the coolest, like, <laughs> like so much stuff that le got left on the cutting room floor, floor because of X or Y or like, cause it's always story first, you know? And, uh, so that's what I can say about our piece. And so in defense, and again, I'm not like, like, like in defense of the, 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 the Marvel Netflix series is we don't know what happened. You know what I mean? Like they had an amazing team. They had some of the best guys in the industry working on that thing. And so I, I, what I can say is there are people get, that get paid a hell of a lot more than I do making decisions at the top. And those are the decisions they made. And so in that, like, like, that's what I'll say about that. And so to, to kind of commiserate, it's like, 
we had this grand idea for what we wanted our Iron Fist project to be. And we did want to differentiate it from Netflix insofar as that we chose a different character. We chose a different fighting style. We chose a different time period. We, we went out of our way to make sure that we were doing our own thing. And, and with that, with all of that, we, it still fell short of what we wanted expectation wise of this thing, because, um, you know, we're, we're hypercritical of our own work and, and that's the only way to improve. Right. Uh, so, but, but, but those are the things that we tried to do to stand out and differentiate is, is, both like, like Christian mentioned, stylistically, uh, our fighting was a little bit more dirty, grounded, gritty. Uh, one of my favorite comments somebody said is like, this guy fights more like Orson Randall than Danny Rand. And I was like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's things like that, that, that we go, cool. You know, we nail the tone. We nailed the, the characterization. Uh, you know, Christian and I, like he mentioned, we vibed over our love of, uh, you know, he's an anti-heroes, but the, the devil may care attitude, those types of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the, 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 those are the people we gravitate towards. So characterization wise, that's also how we try to separate it and, and make it its own thing. Well, you know, uh, you talked about the fighting style uh, being different. What, what exactly then were, were the styles that you drew from to give this uh, Orson Randall uh, his signature fighting style? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a, that's an interesting question because it's a lot of like just Christian and I, I mean, so, uh, I, I, I kind of think some of the people already, but when it came to the choreo, we had a, a great group of people that we all kind of added, you know, Christian and I were the base of this thing. And then everybody else threw in ideas, uh, whether it was Lee, um, Lee, Lee Chesley was there for a lot of it. Pay Ed, Ed McCate, Clive Hawkins, Gaku threw in some great ideas. So we had a great team to, that came up with this. Um, and, you know, uh, for me, I even, you know, I, I come from a lot of Filipino martial arts, so there's a lot of some of that in there. And, uh, and I know Christian, you know, he can speak to his background. Uh, so it's like Shotokan or like karate Filipino, and then, you know, some Kung Fu stuff, but yeah. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, everyone was contributing their own sort of flair and, and that's the thing we want to make it as cool as possible. So uh with that not even sticking to like one particular like oh well they got to move like this it was like what's gonna look the coolest on screen and also down to the abilities of the people we're fighting my background is is a mix of all kinds of different stuff because when you you start fighting on screen you know you have to be adaptable with it anyway which i think really lends to the project because that meant that when i'm fighting the the women it's a lot more flowery it's a lot more sort of flair and then when the ninja come in, that's a lot more like Japanese hard style. Like they're coming in with these these big strong hits, and I've got to kind of change it up a bit. But also down to the performers of like what is more comfortable for them, what's going to look best with them. I, okay, I can do this kick on this side. Or what about? I mean, I'm really good at this. Can I do this move? And it was like, yeah, let's let's as cool as it can be. And so there's a nice mixture of styles and everything. And I think that uh, we wanted to showcase what everyone could do as well, especially on a, a project where everyone's coming in passionately you know it's, it's not just like all right well what, what am i getting paid on this job just tell me what to do it was like people going oh can i do this and can i do that and and really showing off and that goes down to like even the rex as well a lot of those um those guys that came out to be ninja like cozy cozy baskin just throwing himself around and really making things sell i mean that's the other thing as well you can do the best move you like but if the reaction on the other end isn't there uh then it doesn't look powerful at all so if i'm throwing an iron fist at someone and they barely move it's not going to look as good as, as if this guy's like throwing this huge wreck so yeah cozy and ed especially were uh were the ones taking the big hits for that 
I got to give props to the the camera work uh, for this too. One of the things that always comes up when I, when I talk to fight choreographers and stunt coordinators, you can do all of the cool stuff on you know on the day that you shoot. Uh, when it leaves your hands and goes into editing, that's where some stuff tends to get lost in translation, especially if you're, you guys aren't on the same page or whatever. Um, but you, you, you guys did a, a really nice job of capturing uh, the action here and making it look, like you said, powerful and, and, and cool at the same time. Josh, though, what was the, the directive to um, getting the martial arts to look uh, not just cool, but um, like you said, grounded and, and kind of right? For this film, you didn't have a lot of time on this. It's it's uh, about eight and a half minutes or so. So, um, what what did you tell everybody to to uh, get them to put that good stuff on screen? <laughs> uh, well, in terms of camera, so we did we did pretty extensive previs on this because we knew we weren't going to have time. And like, so we I don't remember exactly how many days, but it was quite a few days uh, of previs, seven or eight. And uh, I'm uh, so I operate up most of the time on on these things. Uh, and so we did with the with the extensive previs. So for me, as I mentioned, it's always story first. So whether that, whatever move that is, whatever camera move that is, what, like it's always what's the story and what's the best way to showcase that. And so when I move the camera, it's because we want to see the move here, or we want to see this there, or we want to follow something down. And a lot of the camera movement comes because I also like to shoot uh, on like a 14, super tight into the action. And so what that does is when, when the camera does move, it makes it feel like a very big movement. And on top of that, uh, it makes you feel like you're in the fight. Like uh, a perfect example of this is our odd job short film. That elevator was like four feet by four feet. It was a tiny elevator. <laughs> it was me, Christian and Josh Hahn in this thing. And I was dancing around them. But it feels very visceral. And, and that, to me, is kind of where the, the rogue origin style comes from. A lot, a lot of it. There's a lot of different things. But it, like, it's that um, being in the fight and feeling like, oh, I got to dodge that punch. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I got to follow this, this guy down. It's adding the life to the camera uh, and, and really following what the action in a way that, 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 uh, that showcases that story, like I said. In terms of people, I mean, Christian kind of kind of hit the nail on the head. It's it's like when it came to the previs, we were like, cool, what's your thing? What do you want to do? Is there anything that you want to showcase? And it's the the ability to give people that freedom to express themselves that that allows the best performance. Um, there were so many times where, uh, like, like, okay, cool. I need you to throw a right roundhouse here. And it's like, oh, well, my, my right doesn't look as good as my left. And then it's like, cool, let's modify that. And we can do this very, very few times that we need something to sell from a certain way because, uh, because, um, we did do so much previous, I was able to, we can find the best angles and the best way, even if we are changing. And the other reason why uh, I'm a big fan of that much previs is because if you do that much previs, then when things inevitably change on the day, like they did, <laughs> you, you, you already knew what game plan A was. So you can go to game plan B as opposed to on the day just being like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with the thing? You know, um, like a perfect example. We envisioned this like like this pool of light scenario where he walks into the uh, the warehouse and you can't really see things and and uh, and and he doesn't like like he gets ambushed by the the crane sisters. But when we got there and we we moved all these crates, like that place was just filled to the brim with crates, like just just twenty feet by forty forty feet of of crates. And so we had to move all of those ourselves. 
And, and so when it came to crafting that, we just, we had so little time to move things that we just like, well, this opens up into here and we can make the other stuff happen over here. And so again, it was just being able to pivot and then utilize what we had to make it work. And so that's why story-wise, some of the stuff, it, it kind of feels a little bit weird. Like when the crane sister kicks him from behind and then she's not there. Originally, that was supposed to be because he was in a pool of light. But again, uh, we just pivoted and we were able to make it sell like, oh, okay, cool. She, he just didn't see, you know, like there was something that happened behind him and he was, she, she was so fast he couldn't see it. So it's just things like that where, uh, you know, to bring it back to your question, it's, it's allowing people the freedom to express themselves. That's, that to me is, is what a good director does is here's the goal. Here's the story your job as an actor is to get us there or actor, stunt person, whatever it is. Because if I tell you exactly what you, I need you to do, you're, you might be like, there's two ways you're going to do that. If, if you're, if you're, you're accommodating, you'd be like, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you need. If there's any part of you that's like, I can do it better another way. You're not going to do it as well as you could have. Anyway, you're going to like, you're going to do it worse because you're like, I'm going to show him it doesn't work. And then none of us are making a good project. So, and, and it applies, that applies to whether it's acting notes or, or, or martial arts notes, whatever it is. Uh, and I'm not saying there are people that, that everybody's like that, but, but it, you know, we're, we're all prideful of our work. And if, and if your first pass of that thing, you think that's your best version. And I say, no, do it a different way. That hurts. No matter, no matter how much you try to diverge, <laughs> you know, like uh, remove yourself from that situation, there's still a little part of you that's like, man, I thought what I did was better. Uh, so, so it's, it's, that's, that's what I'd say. That's, that's what I think I tried to do is step out of the way. Like if you hire the right people, a good director just gets out of the way. <laughs> Christian, is he, is he talking about you? Is he talking about you, Christian? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like just said, you, you got to pivot on a lot of, uh, a lot of elements there, even though this is like a sure, you know, we still previs the hell out of it got there and found everything changed on the day. Like that, that space that we had, it was okay. We previous that with, Oh, it'd be cool. And then we go over here and then we'll just get a wall. And then some ninja will go into that, you know, all that kind of stuff that when you get there on the day, you're like, okay, we'll can kind of use that for that and that for that. And the space that we had, like just said, we had to sort of alter. And the other thing is there's a bit of wire work in there that can only take place in a certain space because we had to rig off of the, the roof and there was limitations on that. So it's like, oh, well, if this person's going to fly over here, it's going to need to happen right in the middle. Otherwise, we won't be able to put them on a wire. And then that makes us too close to that. So we're constantly like adapting and pivoting to stuff. But, you know, with, with the previs, we had a, a great idea of like what is going to work in the edit. Uh, and then, of course, on the day, you know, a lot of that goes to hell anyway. And and oh, now we've got a different person here. And then, oh, OK, well, they're going to come in from the other side. So, you know, we even went back and we we had to reshoot some stuff. So, oh, OK, we're missing a little element here. We have to go and get a reaction of that or like we can do that bit a bit better. We can just get a couple of people and sort of getting close on that. So, yeah, even then on a on a small scale for the, the budget that we had, the space that we had, the people, the resources, uh, you know, we're still going back to like reshoot stuff and try and make it as, as good as we can. Um, and without the previs, that definitely would have been so much more impossible, you know, to get there on the day and go, okay, how's this going to work? As opposed to like, we know first shots coming up here, that's going to lead us here. And, you know, it, it goes on a flow. And then we ended up, you know, running into some issues. But if we hadn't planned it all out first, I think it would have been so much harder to do. So yeah, it's just good for everyone, even the, the, the other performers as well, the people you're fighting to have a reference of like, OK, I know where I'm supposed to be. 
otherwise people are like, well, wait, I, I'm in the back here and then I'm over there and I'm like, we're ninja, you're everywhere, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, touching on that a little bit, um, the, the previous work uh, did show, again, the action is, is really, really great um, for, for a short film. It, it looks so cool. You guys move so, so well. Uh, again, the camera work was, was amazing, um, which is a little bittersweet, I guess, because it, it made made me uh, think of what could have been for the, the, the Netflix Iron Fist uh, series, but Given that compressed schedule and uh, uh, the time that you did have, uh, Christian, what did you draw on to to give Orson Randall some story? Again, going back to the idea of uh, the character being important and, and making the story uh, front and center. Because for people who don't know Orson Randall, we know nothing about this guy because he's already a deep cut from the Iron Fist mythology. So w- what were you doing to, to kind of give him some life, knowing that you, you had a, a short film? To, to give them some something for fans to hold on to. Yeah, so, so that is the challenge where you, you don't want to alienate people that have no idea about this and, and not make it accessible to someone that just wants to pick up a cool like action short and just watch it for what it is. But at the same time, you want to you want to pay tribute and homage to the character and, and the relevance of that had for the actual fans as well. So in doing research, you know, I, I had a story and when it came to Josh, he did like a deep dive on this research. He was like, hey, I got these books and I'm going to, and this is a really cool element we should put in and brought a lot to like the, you know, how much can you do in a few minutes? So even like that beginning uh, part where I'm chasing Lee down to get my book back, people are like, what, what is this MacGuffin? What is this book about? But if, if you know a little bit about the story, that's going to mean so much more to you than just, oh, he's trying to get a book, you know? But you don't need that to enjoy it as well. And I think it's it's got a rewatch value in that because once you realize that, I mean, we, we say it at the beginning, I don't know who reads things these days, but <laughs> you know, some people might be, oh, let me go back and actually read the intro rather than just look at some cool visuals. Uh, so that explains the book, obviously. And we go into a little bit of, of introducing the history, but yeah, how can you do that succinctly and not sort of, uh, as I say, alienate people or ramble on about like, well, you're gonna do all this, previous reading to understand what's going on here. <laughs> Some people will just look at it and think, oh, that's a weird version of Iron Fist. And they might just assume that it's Danny Rand and they won't they won't be thinking anything more about it. But yeah, just trying to indicate that this is a predecessor. It's a, it's a different thing. But like I say, you don't need it to enjoy it. But I hope fans of Iron Fist go, okay, they really understood the character as well. But you know, we, we can only do so much in that limited time. So I think it's just about trying to be succinct and put in all those story elements. So the same thing when, when I get the, the hallucinogenic powder in my face and I go through this little vision, putting in like the World War II soldier and all that. To someone, it might just look, oh, it's cool, it's weird, whatever. But then someone that understands that this guy was a veteran of World War II and, and really has all these demons inside him, it is so much deeper than that as well. Um, so yeah, we were just trying to craft something in a few minutes that would say a lot without having to say everything or, or bog people down with like, oh, I got to do all this, like learn this story. I just want to see some cool action. So hopefully, you get both of those elements. Josh, though, um, when when you do action just for the sake of action, uh, that gets pretty boring pretty quickly uh as as much as uh uh, an action uh fan as you are if 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 it doesn't take you somewhere uh in in a journey then uh it it does tend to get really boring um just because it's just kicks and punches and and you can see that anywhere so um when when you put this together 
how did you keep it on track to make sure that it wasn't just action for the sake of action? As I mentioned, it's, it's all about story. It's, it's always all about story. And the great thing about Immortal 65 is it's a very simple story. Guy got a book stolen. Guy wants to get the book back. People show up and try to stop him. So for us, it was just following the book and, and tr following trying to obtain that book back. And as Christian, Christian kind of touched on, the cool thing about that is like we never harp on what this book is. But if you know, you know, it's like, oh, this is yeah. this is the book. Uh, and, 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 and it's got a lot of awesome lore. And so in, when it came to that, I mean, there are so many cool scenes that we ended up cutting because it was like, well, it's he's, he's fighting for 18 minutes, you know? And, and, <laughs> and as somebody, you know, I've got a lot of friends that, that, uh, that, that love my stuff, but they're like, yeah, I mean, it was, it went on for like five minutes too long, too long of action. Like, well, then my stuff's not free. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but that's the fine line that you have to walk is when do people start tuning out because there are too much, too, not too much action, but the story's not progressing. If it's just punches and kicks for punches and kicks and the story's not progressing, that's when people get bored. And that's one of the things that we really try to do with this piece is, is continually elevate what was happening. And so at first it's a one-on-one, -on -one, then it's a three-on-one. Uh, and, and, and again, stylistically also tried to elevate this. Uh, as Christian mentioned, it's like the, the, the fighting with the Crane sisters was a little bit more flowery and circular. And then when you get to the, the ninjas, it was a much more hard and, and Shotokan influenced and very, uh, very straightforward. Um, and then it just ratcheted it up to a point where, okay, cool. He needs to use the iron fist to get out of this situation. Uh, and I think those stakes helped continue to evolve the story without those stakes continuing to ratchet up. You don't like, like if it was, if we didn't have the, the, the ninja come in, if we didn't have the, the need of the iron fist because he was overwhelmed, um, then I feel like it would get boring. I think that we did, we walked a very nice line between it being a very, very heavily action driven short, but never getting to the point where, Oh, this is boring. It's too much. Uh, and that's, and that's what I, that, that, that's kind of was, was always the goal because there were, we, we, we did a lot of testing. Hey, what do you think? Are you bored? What, like, is this too much? Should we cut this? Like one of the things that I'm heartbroken that we had to cut was we had this dope shot. We wanted to showcase that the ninja were not just dummy throwaway putties where, you know, that they had, they were, they were a challenge. So we had this awesome, awesome move where one of the ninja got, Christian in a headlock and he like, um, like almost hip tossed them over his shoulder. The ninja flips and lands on his feet and then they go back to fighting. Oh, nice. and, and I was like, Oh man, that's so cool. And we actually did it. We had Jackie, Jackie Tran, who's a legend. Love him. Cool. He played, uh, um, broccoli in our rockley adaptation and he's been a huge asset. He's amazing. Um, he actually lands it. So he hip tosses and lands on his feet and we got it all on camera, no wires. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. But because it didn't advance the story, it was like, cool, we got to cut it. Uh, and so that's what I'll always say. And I'll always put forth is if it's not advancing the story, it needs to go. Yeah. And no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that hopefully we'll see that in some extended cut later down the line. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with the, the martial arts, since we're on that, um, Shang-Chi is in the theaters. Uh, awesome. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Phenomenal work. Yeah. Amazing action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got Marvel superheroes now doing martial arts. Uh, Immortal 65 uh, is out there as well. Uh, 
do you think we're in uh, that time now where uh, martial arts uh, can come back to the big screen as the main uh, draw? Are, are we at that point yet? Or do you think we're getting there? I, I think certainly, um, you know, depending on the character and the thing is Shang-Chi is obviously steeped in this, this, uh, you know, Eastern martial arts and, and really diving deep into Kung Fu basically. And, and I think that the people are, are accepting of that, uh, in the way that, you know, in the comics, everyone's, I mean, Wolverine is a master of all different martial arts. He could be doing Kung Fu and it would be right. But in a movie, I think people aren't ready. Well, why is he doing, you know, that they, they wouldn't really accept it as much, but I think Shang-Chi opens the door to that and saying, okay, well, this is the kind of cool action. Uh, I mean, they, the phenomenal team. I mean, Brad Allen, RIP, just amazing, you know? So, uh, the fact that they, they got like the best people to showcase that as well is, is, uh, I think making it so much more accessible where people are excited to see Kung Fu again and not, you know, I, I know we do get a lot of like martial arts movies now and, and a lot of people may deem them as sort of like B movie type of ideas where it's like, you know, oh, okay, that's a martial arts movie, but this is like mainstream. All the action is to do with martial arts and, and they've just gone, like all out balls to the wall. Let's make it as cool as we can with, with Kung Fu. And, you know, they did a phenomenal job. I was, I was really impressed with it. And I don't really say that lightly because a lot of, I'll go into a superhero movie now with kind of low expectations of just sure. not, I'm not expecting to, I think everyone got a little burnt out after Avengers sort of culminated. Um, so yeah, for most stuff, I'm not really going in thinking, uh, you know, I'm super excited to see it. And Shang-Chi was so pleasantly surprising because it didn't feel like, you had to have seen everything else. You know, at one point I was watching it as a martial arts movie and enjoying the hell out of it. And then sort of realized, Oh, we're, we're attached to the MCU still. And there's, there's all those elements coming in. So, yeah, I think, I think it definitely is, is a little more mainstream now people, uh, the, the layman for want of a better term can sort of understand, uh, the, the flowery martial arts and like different styles of it and sort of identify it a bit more than just like, Oh, it's all that, that nonsense. You know, they, they'll actually, identify what's going on a little more yeah talk, talk about a dream team shang chi was just like you've had obviously some of the people on your podcast recently yeah, and yeah. so i'm sure they they told they, everybody knows who was on that show but like this is a perfect storm you know of, of just the most talented people <laughs> in the industry making a movie that bus scene I, one of the most memorable things i've ever seen it's it was just oh, absolutely phenomenal and you know there's so much so all the action in that movie was was amazing it's just top notch uh, and I, I, you know, in terms of the, uh, I hope that we're going to see a resurgence of love for action filmmaking. And uh, every few years, something will come along where, like, whether it be The Expendables or now Shang-Chi, like that, that kind of reinvigorates John Wick, another great, yeah. great, great example, Atomic Blonde, you know, everything 87 is doing great stuff uh, that, that reinvigorates it. I mean, I think that we're in another golden age of martial arts filmmaking, whether it be in America or, uh, you know, South Korea, uh, Vietnam, like Thailand. They're, they're like they're all the, the, the filmmaking has never been more accessible. And with that comes the ability to have all of these people in all around the world making amazing top notch stuff. Uh, you know, like, like the raid was another one. Remember like the raid, there was a time after the raid came out where everybody wanted like 
give me the raid style action, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and, and so it's, it's that kind of thing where, where, and what I'm curious is, is what's the next thing? What's, what's going to be yeah. the thing that some, like, it might be Shang-Chi. It might be. Um, I think that Shang-Chi is uh, like um, a little bit too Kung Fu for mainstream. Uh, you know, whereas John Wick, it was heavily judo influenced, but it was just gun fu enough to get people to get Americans behind it. I think that's the like if you can get America and China behind it, then that's the next wave of, of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're in a golden age and I can't wait for the next 10 years to see what's going to come out. Uh, hopefully it'll be a feature from uh, from us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That definitely, definitely. No, it's it's great that uh, that uh, you're uh, in that mix to uh, to bring that stuff uh, to the big screen, uh, and hopefully we will see your stuff. Um, uh, one thing uh, I want to touch on: uh, you talked about the best people uh, on on films like Shang Chi. Um, I want to give props to your costumer and to your special effects guys for uh, Immortal sixty five. <laughs> Man, Orson Randall looked. Awesome. That costume was fantastic. And your special effects were, were off the chain, man. That was great. half the costumer is in this, uh, is in this chat. Um, well, the other half is great. She's awesome. <laughs> that one, uh, I mean, you know, for me playing the character and, and my, my background, you know, as well as filmmaking is art and design. That was, that was sort of, cool. uh, a big passion of mine and, and in my skill set. Um, so even like pitching, pitching the, the idea to Josh and everyone else, I came up with a couple of drawings that I was like, this is what I want. And it was like, you know, just awesome Randall diving backwards, shooting these guns and in his trench coat are these like holes coming through where the ninja almost got in with shuriken and there's like light coming through. And I was like, this is what I want to see. And that was <laughs> hilariously one of the shots that didn't exactly work out the way we wanted. Um, <laughs> And then just to have all these ninja descending down on like ropes, abseiling in and like, just, just, you know, just going crazy. Um, but we, we had tram who was fantastic. I mean, we worked with her before on, on a couple of things and, uh, you know, she just gets the job done and, and brings a lot of ideas to it. And, uh, you know, the, the way the girls address, the way the ninja address, she, she took care of all of that. So, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time with her sort of, developing uh, the look and how can we make the ninja essentially how can we make the ninja look ninja-esque not too cheesy for a budget and clothed like 10 or 12 of them for the budget we have uh so for i mean again it's so frenetic and dark that you can't really tell but they're all wearing these like ninja gauntlets which are soccer pads that i i managed to pick up a bunch of <laughs> And then Tram, Tram and I are there, like aging them down and painting them to make them look worn in and leathered. And the same thing with with Junzo's mask, what Gaku had. It was uh, it was honestly quite a, quite a cheap mask that I got online somewhere. But then you do a little something to it and you sort of weather it down, try and make it look like a samurai mempo, like actually weathered. Um, yeah, but especially for Orson Randall, I was like, oh, I want to make this guy. Aside from different from the comic book, Danny, Danny Rand in the very sort of slick, more superhero outfit. This is like tactical uh, how can we make this really its own thing and and show people that he's you know this is more like a, a practical outfit here um so yeah tram we went down to an army surplus and we were like how can we get some like age appropriate looking stuff uh and then you know i had, I had those uh, those gun holsters that I had to like make up and uh, the mask i think was was the main challenge on that because that was something that, yeah, it, it just looks like you've tied a bandana around, but to get it to fit the form of your face and not look cheesy, how can we make it all look really cool? So uh, what I ended up doing was actually making a mold of the, the top of my head out of like dental alginate 
then making a positive of that and then making like a, a plastic sort of a frame inside that would fit to my face. And then Tram worked her magic and, and got, we had like one of these bandanas. So I found this like really nice material. <laughs> it was exactly the right color. I think we got it from a, a, Renan, a Renaissance fair. And it was like this, this almost like cheesecloth, but it was this beautiful mustard yellow. And it was like, okay, we got, we got the bandana, but this tentative, like, well, as soon as we start cutting it, we're like done. So it was, yeah, it was quite a, a hairy moment. Uh, and the same thing, you know, with, with the eyes, the black around the eyes to not make that really crisp and like too modern and comic booky, but have it look like it like bled in like a raw shark sort of mask. Um, so all that stuff, I mean, you know, trams are, trams are wizard and those special effects. I mean, I was, I was blown away with the, the flame. The first time I saw the hand going on fire, uh, and those are all Josh's guys that, you know, he's got the next that and Josh himself doing all of those effects. Like, the, you know, there's a lot of little stuff in there that people won't appreciate that had to be fixed and changed. Of- and, and, and it's, <laughs> it's one of these, like, you shouldn't notice because you, you know, you don't want people focusing on that stuff, but if it wasn't fixed, it would be, you know, Oh wait, what, you know, the, a lot of that kind of stuff. So yeah, Josh is a wizard on that. You know, you're flame guys. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. We, and some of the things that's hilarious because um, we had like, and don't get me wrong. I love every ninja that came out. Every single one of these guys, amazing. They're all our friends and I love them so much. There are like three or four shots where we pan over and then there's a ninja with like with just feet hanging and like dangling on top of the frame. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I was in it in that one. <laughs> and there's things like that where it's like, how did we not? All right, well, we'll fix that. <laughs> uh, but no water bottles though. No water bottles. <laughs> no coffee cups, right? Yeah, right. No coffee cups. Um, yeah, man, the, the, the special effects. So I come from a VFX background. So, uh, you know, having the ability to know how and what to shoot makes the post on VFX so much easier. Uh, so when it came to the flames, those were all simulated in Houdini. Um, hands uh, tracked with 3D tracked and then uh, the fire simulated on top of it. We had a lot of discussions early on. Um, there was one Iron Fist cover. I forgot which one it was, but uh, but it like it shows Danny Rand like this and then his veins, I mean, the, like the bones underneath oh, yeah. him just lit up and his, his hands are on fire. Um, and without even having a dialogue about it, I was like, this is rad. And Christian goes, yeah, that's what I wanted. <laughs> and so it was that kind of thing where it's like, cool, we're speaking the same language. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we early on, we were like, yeah, we have to do practical fire. Like that's it, like, it's, it's going to look so much better. We almost did practical, practical fire in the location. However, because of so many barrels, we did a lot of fire tests to see if it would work. Uh, thank you, Ian, for, uh, for allowing us to use your backyard and uh, Leo for coming over to help with that as well. Um, and we did a lot of tests to, to see if it would work, but ultimately because two, two factors, one with how quickly we had to move and how many shots we had to get. And then two, the issue of we were inside a wooden building full of crates. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that was like the biggest, like, well, all it takes is, is one accidental, like one big swing that the, that the gel just goes off. And then, uh, guys, all right, that's a wrap. Thank you all for your time. Um, we don't have the insurance to cover this building. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We, we, we were insured, but, it's, um, but it's just things like that where it's like, we, you know, we didn't have the time to, to take a chance on that. Uh, so, so, you know, we decided to do it in VFX and, um, you know, I, I reached out to Amir, super talented dude, uh, to do the flame simulations. 
Um, I started doing some of the comping myself. And then uh, because um, I have, so when it comes to a lot of these projects, uh, I'm writing, shooting, editing them all. So uh, I don't have a lot of time to do the VFX. VFX is very time intensive. So uh, yeah. I brought on my buddy, um, Ryan Hansen to do some of the comping. And he actually was also the colorist, uh, insanely talented guy out of Portland. And so, uh, so he did, he took over the comping and I did a lot of the straggler VFX shots, things like painting out the dude's legs here, or, you know, some of the Shuriken shots or, uh, things, things that, that you don't, you don't know that were fixed. It's all like, it, it, think about it. It's like, it's your average show that doesn't have VFX. There's probably a hundred to a thousand VFX shots on that show that you don't actually know because that's good VFX is when you don't know it was VFX. Um, but they're, they're just the average person doesn't, doesn't realize how much goes in, how much VFX work goes into these things. So yeah, man, it's uh, like, like it was a great, great team for the VFX shots. Like they, they uh, were really happy with how they turned out. Um, that's kind of why it took so long is we really wanted to make sure that the look and feel of this was as authentic as possible. And, uh, and, and, and fire VFX is hard, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> unfortunately I've done, uh, too, too many shorts that include heavy fire VFX. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys did a great job with it. Um, one other thing too, uh, with, uh, Marvel now, uh, opening things up to the multiverse, you know, maybe, maybe your Orson Randall winds up in there somehow. That would be pretty oh, that, cool. That would Give us a call, yeah, Kevin. It would, it would be really cool. I mean, that's 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 the dream, of course. I mean, it's like uh, it's like with Simu, you know, it, it's it's become legend of just like sending a tweet out, and I, you know, we all know it's a lot more complicated than that. He was in the right place at the right time with the right skills. I mean, you see that guy training and, and flipping around, and, and he can move. You know, he really can. So uh, yeah, the the romanticized idea of like give Kevin Feige a text and he'll he'll sort you out. But um, <laughs> you know this this is our our little baby, our passion project, and I hope it gets some eyes on it, and I hope people can see that we're passionate and and creatively able to do these things as well. And uh, yeah, you know, if you want to give us a job, give us a job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's kind of you know you keep kind of hitting the nail. It's like we did it because we love it. We didn't do it because it's like you know sure, give sure. us a job. It's like we we that's why we're doing all this. Is it's there's no there's no financial incentive. There's no uh, like ulterior motive. It's just we love martial arts movies. We love making films, and so you know the intersection of that is like let's make action movies. Uh, and one of those happened to be a story that was in Christian's head. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and it's an Iron Fist that I wanted to see. So as an Iron Fist fan, as a martial arts and action film fan, that was an Iron Fist that I was so um, satisfied to see on screen. You guys did knocked it out of the park with it. He's awesome. Uh, Orson Randall uh, looked great. Christian, you did a great job of bringing him to life. It was um, it was a nice uh, celebration of a character that meant so much to me as a kid. So well done on, on you both. Well, thank you. Appreciate that so much. Cause that, that is the goal at the end of the day to, to make it as cool as possible and, and just have people excited about, about the character, you know, and, and just like, wow, that's what I wanted to see out of that. You know, I, I think we've all, we've all probably, <laughs> it's funny cause if you're really close to something and, and then they do a live action version of it so many times, you're just like, Oh, it's not, it's not what I wanted to see, you know? Um, and it's, it's hard. There's a hard balance to strike with everyone, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what, 
we wanted to show as our characters and if other fans of that enjoy it too then then that's that's great i mean you can't please everyone you just you just can't but uh but at the same time it was like something we're proud of and uh like josh said it's not it's not for any other reason other than like let's make the coolest thing we can and whatever comes from that comes from that but it was it was about making something uh, you know as awesome as we could No, absolutely. And, and, you know, he hit the nail on the head. It's, it's the world is so big. There are so many different people with so many different opinions and it's so hard to try to please everybody. So we just make the thing that we want to see and hopefully people gravitate towards it. I mean, that's really where where all of this comes from. It's like, again, place of love. Let's make the coolest things we can. So speaking of the coolest things, what are other cool things that you guys have on your plate uh, upcoming? Uh, yeah. Um, so there are a couple projects in the works, uh, can't release any info. The one that, that I can tell you about that will be released very soon, uh, kind of like TikTok blew this project up. Like they are, they, the TikTok fans are rabid for kingdom hearts. That's the next project that will come out. Uh, and you know, that's, that's kind of also what I love about what we're doing, um, is, is it's, is it's projects from all over, you know, all over the the spectrum. It's, we've got anime, comic books, video games, you know, you know, and all bring it into live action. Uh, and so, and, 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 um, Christian and I talked about this early on, but the one thing is, is, is like, um, when it comes to, uh, creating content, like the goal is that people come to rogue origin cause they like, like what the channel's doing, like what we're doing. Uh, not so much because it's like, I love Naruto or I love iron fist or I love X. Uh, and so, so yeah, we're just going to keep creating content in that vein and, uh, and yeah, look for, look for, uh, kingdom hearts next month. It's going to be rad. It's going to be really, really rad. That's awesome. Christian, I saw you pop it up on uh, Lucifer uh, a little while ago. So what else yeah. do you have going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, 2020 was a, was an interesting year for everyone. Um, I mean, I, I was booking a few things and doing a couple of projects and everything. And that was that was a great thing to be involved with. Because, um, I mean, ironically, I, you know, I, I booked it as an actor, but I just ended up doing a bunch of action in it. And uh, Tom Ellis's double Morgan Benoit, I've known him for a long, long time, but it wasn't anything to do with that, how I ended up uh, doing that show. So I showed up and Morgan was like, what are you doing it? And, and Simon Reed, incredible uh, stunt yeah. coordinator, you know, he was on it. So it was an amazing opportunity to work with him. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that, you know, I brought a little, little Arya Stark to that. I mean, it, and it's good, you know, even as an actor to have the physical ability that if they throw something like that at you, you, you can do it as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, five seconds on Lucifer and, and you get more attention than doing your own short sometimes. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting how that goes, but yeah, I was, I was glad to be a part of that, especially since it, it just finished and it was such a huge series. So, uh, yeah, that was an honor to be involved. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Immortal 65 is on YouTube right now. That link will be in the show notes. Uh, where can guys go to follow you guys separately? Give them, uh, give us the socials. Uh, Josh, maybe J O S H M A B I E and rogue origin rogue underscore origin, I believe. <laughs> so check that out. Yeah. I'm mainly uh, on Instagram these days, just at Christian Howard, check it out, see what we're up to. Uh, yeah. And rogue origin as well. Like we're posting stuff all the time and uh, yeah, come, come find us, give us a job, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige, if you're listening, yeah. give these guys a job. All right. Bring, Orson Randall to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I um, dream. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Christian, thank you so much for coming back uh, to the show. Uh, 
awesome work with uh, Immortal 65. Uh, I hope to see much more of uh, Rogue Origin doing some some great things with some characters that I love. So congratulations on that. Uh, and hopefully you guys are safe and uh, you continue to be safe. But thank you so much for talking. It's great to have you guys today. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. And uh, you, your knowledge is also amazing. So thank you for uh, asking those questions. Yes. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Huge thanks to Josh Maybe and Christian Howard for hanging out with me. The whole Rogue Origin team seems like a bunch of cool guys doing some fun, fantastic filmmaking. And Iron Fist Immortal 65 is clear evidence of that. Now, if you haven't checked out the film yet, head over to YouTube and check out what these guys put together and maybe... Just maybe we get a taste of the Iron Fist that the fans deserved. Uh, Josh and Christian are active on their Instagram, so hit them up there. Let them know that you heard them right here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. And while you're checking out Immortal 65, be sure to look up all the other cool stuff that Rogue Origin has done, especially if you're an anime fan or just a fan of cool action. And all those links will be in the show notes, so go show them some love. And until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Monks on the hands running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless Aida roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bitch soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cast and pass here. The pass on the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here. David D is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster. The channel. Little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see, Maggie Chung is finer. Golden Swallow has arrived. Chang Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight, may as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampire's back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, to so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword, and our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style. Yeah, defeat the enemy. Me and watch you run for miles. Blood will spill now on the mountain tops when we bring back the soul of the legendary pops. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. We smash the place up with a dragon claws. We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The Shogun Assassin slashing blood of just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor. When the blood, it'll splatter against the wall. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless. Unleashed, the fist of legend that the car Jet Lee. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Walking to the tea house, spending for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha. 
this time it's war To smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a